Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, Daniel Jenkins. He's interim president for Lutheran Braille Workers. Daniel, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Yes, thank you for having me back. It's nice to see you in person here in studio and have a chance to learn more about Lutheran Braille Workers and some wonderful resources from Lutheran Braille Workers today as well. For listeners who don't know about Lutheran Braille Workers. Let's start with who is served by Lutheran Braille Workers. Yes. So Lutheran Braille Workers, we serve anybody who is blind or visually impaired. And by visually impaired, that can be anything from somebody who is partial vision, legally blind, or just can't make out that typical small font in a hymnal, Bible, bulletin. <laughs> that's that's a, probably a, a lot larger population than many people would realize, I would imagine. Yes. So just to give an idea, within the world, there are 253 million people who are either blind or moderately to severely visually impaired, what we would call legally blind or worse. About 95% of that population is unchurched. So wow. about 241 million people are living in physical and spiritual darkness. In the United States alone, there's about 8 million people who are what we would call legally blind to fully blind. So it's definitely a much larger portion of the population than I think people realize. Yeah. So what are the, what are some of the services that you're able to provide to this, this uh, population? So we primarily work in four areas. We do Braille, uh, which with Braille, it's 12 languages we work in in Braille. Wow. We do specialized large print, which is an 18-point font. It's all of the proper spacing between the letters, the lines. We also use a special paper that is glare-reducing. People don't realize how significant that can be for people mm. with visual impairment, is having a paper that doesn't pick up glare from lights. We also do audio ministry in English, and we also do prison ministry. So we do a lot yeah. of work with prisons and prisoners in providing large print resources. I want to zero in on Braille for a little yes, bit. I was hoping you would add that. <laughs> because I, I think it's uh, something that many of us who have not been around Braille are just really unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. How have you been, uh, how familiar are you with Braille now that you've been with LBW for a while? Well, I, I recognize it. <laughs> uh, it's one of those situations I'm, I'm learning to at least identify it visually, being able to read the letters visually. Certainly, there's a strong disconnection. It's very, very difficult, almost impossible to learn Braille if you're still sighted because your brain just wants to overpower your fingers and just open your eyes and look. Um, but in terms of Braille, what, what really struck me is that every language has its own Braille system. So Braille mm. is not a universal language. So if you're working in English, English Braille is only for English, uh, French really? Braille, German Braille. So that's why it's so important to have so many languages available. See? It's facts, like, little yeah. facts that wouldn't have even thought of. That's like sign language, too. Right. It's different in every language. Right, yeah. That's so cool. So any idea how many people are using Braille today? I know that's – I'm throwing this at you with no preparation, <laughs> but – any idea how how common Braille is? Actually, today? you caught me on a good week. I've been doing research on this, oh, and, nice. the, and the answer is no one actually knows because really? the huh. statistics just aren't kept well, mm-hmm. even in the United States. So they estimate between ten to twenty percent of people in the United States read Braille, um, but 
that also includes the population who maybe lost their eyesight too late in life. So they they just can't learn Braille or don't learn Braille. So uh, we're talking, I mean, in the United States alone, hundreds of thousands of people worldwide. It's definitely in the millions. And what's crazy is Lutheran Braille workers. We are literally one of the last organizations in the world who is doing this work, not just for, for any type of Christian material. And I'm not saying Lutheran organization. We're literally one of the last two Christian organizations doing this work in any type of mass production or scope. And when it comes to, for example, Spanish Braille, there are literally no other organizations in the world mass producing Spanish Braille for Central and Latin America. Wow. So you're doing you're doing some pretty important work then. <laughs> yes. God has blessed us with an opportunity to really reach populations nobody else is serving. Yeah. Okay. One more question about Braille because this is just really fast. I've been this, I've been uh, following a lot more uh, visually impaired people on Instagram. So like learning, just learning from their personal experiences and then talking with you guys, it's really interesting. What what does an, uh, a Braille what does Braille material actually look like? What is a book? What goes into producing something that that is that is Braille? What is that process? So there's there's two ways. We actually use two different systems. We have these massive Braille. Think of it as a massive Braille printer. We have three of those at our headquarters, and they actually go through a half uh, about a half ton of paper per week Whoa! just between those three printers. Um, but Braille is like a regular book. It's double-sided, so the dots are on each side. Um, you read top to bottom, left to right. It's the same type of system. It's just dots on a page versus letters. Yeah. Raised dots. Raised that dots. can feel. That is, that, that's fascinating. Now, it, it, it also, you mentioned at the headquarters and I know volunteers in the past have been a part of this operation, too, in order to provide such great resources. Um, and, and I know that, you know, the, the last couple of years have presented some challenges. Uh, what were how much were you producing in, say, like, you know, prior to 2020? How many resources would you have produced in a typical year for just in Braille alone? So just in Braille alone, probably about 95,000 volumes in 2019, I think, was the number we produced. About another 100,000 in large print. Um, right now, today, we have over 3,200 volunteers still within the United States and over 100 production centers who help to produce these materials. Wow. Wow. Okay, so we talked about Braille. Um, <laughs> you mentioned other ways that you serve as well, large print. Yes. Uh, are, are those things that, that are printed in the, at your headquarters or volunteers still involved with that process as well, like they are with Braille? Yes. So both. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not being, uh, yeah. you know, it's both, actually. We, we do a lot at our headquarters. We still rely so much on our volunteers. It's not only the Bible. Of course, the large print Bible is our focus, and we work in five languages within large print. But one of the biggest areas of growth is the elderly. We know within the United States, and certainly we know within the Missouri Synod, we have an aging population. So visual impairment comes with aging. So we produce the Bible. We have Bible studies. We do all of the Lutheran periodicals. We do all the LWML periodicals. We do the mustard seed devotions. We work with Lutheran Hour Ministries. We do the Lutheran Hour sermons. We do all of their Project Connect booklets. So we have... 226 titles, I think, was our last count, just in English large print, available for individuals, churches, or organizations. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> Braille, large print, audio? We do audio. We do, too. Yes. <laughs> it's a little us, different. Yeah, right. Tell us more about the, the audio that you do. So, we actually work with the Library of Congress. There is a system called the... Uh, 
digital talking book, the DTB, and basically it's a special format. The Library of Congress provides a player for anybody who is blind or visually impaired for free. Whoa. So we take the portals of prayer, we take all the Lutheran periodicals, we have the ESV Bible going in a final uh, production, and we send those cartridges out to anybody who is blind or visually impaired. And they get to listen to it. The periodicals they send back, we load the next one, send it back to them. It's just, it's almost like a library subscription service. That is so cool. That is so cool. What makes that different from, I don't know, subscribing to something on your phone? So a lot of that really just depends on the comfort level of the individual with technology. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of people who are blind or visually impaired. They have their phones, they have their audios, their podcasts, but you get a lot of older people. They still prefer that, that it's almost like a cassette player. And in fact, up until 2019, we still did cassettes for 190 people in the United States until we literally couldn't buy them from the factory anymore. (laughs) That's when we forced them to change over. Uh, But there's still that comfort sometimes with having that physical player that they can touch. Yeah, yeah. So tell me more about the the prison ministry that you're able to do too. What kinds of materials and and how do you work with with the prison ministries? Yes. So our large print and braille use a plastic spiral. And what we were finding is that was considered a security risk for a lot of prisons. So we couldn't get large print into the prisons. And in 2017, we were literally averaging 12 letters per week from prisoners asking for large print Bibles. Wow. Because if they're completely blind, they can get Braille Bibles. But if there's visual impairment, they were struggling because oftentimes the Bible they would get would be six, eight, 10 point font. They couldn't read it. They didn't always have access to glasses. So we switched to a different type of binding, a tape bound. It's called a perfect bind system. And so when we brought this into production, we we thought there might be some demand. We sent out a letter to chaplains across the United States, letters A through L. We expected maybe a couple dozen responses. In three weeks, we had over a thousand orders for 15,000 volumes. In three weeks. Whoa, 15,000? Over 15,000 volumes. Wow. That, that's a little bit of demand. That's a little bit of demand. And it's only been growing. And again, it's another one of those things. Not a lot of organizations do large print, true large print, that is designed to go for prisoners. So we have the Bible. We do Luther's small catechism as well. And we also work with Lutheran Hour Ministries. We have their journey home Bible study. We're also working with LCMS. We've been given access to a number of their Bible studies for prisoners, prison ministry. So we're working with partners to even expand our titles even more. Wow. (laughs) Your face, Andy. Uh, uh, Sorry, the listeners can't see. Mind blown. Well, yeah, that's just... Thanks be to God, there's such a a need and an interest in receiving the Word of God, particularly in a prison setting. Can I share one story on that? Uh, So we actually received an email from a chaplain in Louisiana who shared with us she had brought in one Bible to a library for one cell block, and she only got to that prison every six weeks. She came back six weeks later. The warden called her into his office and said, what? What did you do the last time we were here? What did you do? And she's thinking she's in trouble. The number of write-ups and incidents in that cell block dropped by 80% after one large print Bible made it into the library. Whoa. So he actually ordered all of the resources for the other 12 blocks through that, that prison in Louisiana. It's incredible. It just shows the power of God's word. I mean, yeah, this isn't us. Yeah. This is truly the power of God's word and the impact it has, especially with prisoners. Yeah. Wow. Thanks That's be amazing. to God. We are talking with Daniel Jenkins, interim president for Lutheran Braille Workers. We have more to learn about Lutheran Braille Workers in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Daniel Jenkins, interim president for Lutheran Braille Workers. Um, blown away by the, the the great demand for God's word in a variety of settings. Um, God's word in large print, in Braille. Um, thanks be to God that there's a, a an eagerness and a desire to have God's word in one's hands so that they can read it. Um so we've talked about uh, the material, any other materials that we've overlooked. We've talked about Braille, large print, audio, any other resources or services we've overlooked. I mean, those are all pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not enough? <laughs> no, those are pretty impressive. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything. Um, so you shared with us, you know, in, in prison ministry, how those resources were being put to use. Other places where you've seen these resources put to use that, that, that folks have shared feedback with you? Oh, absolutely. And one of the biggest, again, with large print, it's such an opportunity opportunity to reach into um, assisted living facilities, into healthcare facilities, senior facilities. And I have a very personal example of this. My grandmother, who suffered for many years with dementia, was in a memory care facility. And as COVID hit, um, certainly there was an isolation. And what my mother started doing is she was actually taking our mustard seed devotions and sending it to the house. And the caretaker would sit there and read it to my grandmother. Hmm. And that was, and the caretaker even said that was the calmest she could ever get my grandmother was she's just reading through these devotionals with her. Well, one day this lady was walking by in the hallway and said, oh, did my dad write that? Well, clearly she's older, but she thought her dad, who was actually a retired pastor, had written it. And within about two, three weeks, she ended up having to take those devotionals, and it was devotion hour in this memory care facility. And the caretaker said it was the calmest hour of the day for everybody. And so my grandmother passed away last August, but we still send materials to that facility because she keeps asking for it because it's just such a way to reach people. And we don't know how the spirit works in their hearts, but certainly it, it, they're, they're hearing something that's allowing them to calm down. And again, mm-hmm. that power of God's word. Yeah. Um, something else that we have, we have a chaplain up in Michigan who works with an assisted care facility. He literally orders a hundred of all of our hymnals, devotionals, mustard seeds. He puts it every month or every quarter into the rooms. And it just shows though that we are able to handle Handle, whether it's one individual or whether it's a church or an organization who needs hundreds, we can handle that quantity and we're happy to do it. And again, everything we do is completely free of charge. We mm-hmm. don't charge anybody for our resources. So we're happy to do that. And we know it's making an impact. If I can share one final thank you we just received. It was it was this lady in Michigan. She said, uh, she wrote us a thank you saying, I'm blind in one eye. I I'm pretty much blind in the other. I'm 92 years old, but I still take my large print. I used to go to the hospice care near me, and I used to read to people who couldn't read for themselves. She's like, and COVID stopped that from happening. Mm -hmm. She's like, all my family have gone to heaven. All my friends have died before me. So there are many days I feel alone. But when I get your box in the mail, I'm reminded you are with me. Jesus is with me. And that just shows the power of having that book come 
that connection to God's Word. Yeah, that is that is really amazing to be able to have this all of to be able to, to produce these resources for this group of people, this population that that make it overlooked frequently. Um, that is that is such a, a blessing for these people to be able to do that. Tell me about the the volunteers. You mentioned you mentioned thirty two hundred volunteers. Is that yes. the number? Tell me about those volunteers. Who are they? Where where are they located? So we have volunteers all over the United States. Again, we have over a hundred ministry production centers that either do braille or large print production as far away as Georgia, California, Texas, North Dakota, doesn't matter where. We have some volunteers who are in middle school and high school, young kids, and they love doing this work. Our oldest volunteer just turned 105 years old and she does two hours per week. So this is one of those things. What we have found is people are able to do great commission work. They are sharing the gospel and there's no age limit. And they know that literally what they are producing, someone is waiting for it. Right now, we have over 168,000 orders outstanding, waiting to be filled. Mm. So literally, every book they produce, by the way, they're putting the shipping label and they're sending it directly to the recipient. It doesn't even come back to headquarters. Mm. So it's a direct connection between the work they're doing and putting the Bible or God's Word into somebody's hand. Tell us about the the work that these volunteers do? What are the different ways that volunteers serve with Lutheran Braille workers? So again, we have Braille and large print centers where they do the production, the actual assembly of the book one page at a time. We have volunteers who do narration. We're always looking for narrators for our audio. Uh, We need people who can uh, do proofreading and formatting of large print. We're always looking for people who want to become certified uh, Braille transcribers and proofreaders. I mean, there are so many ways and opportunities to serve. You mentioned narrators. In English, I would assume, but in other languages as well? Well, right now we're only working in English. Okay. So, easy enough. enough. (laughs) Easy enough. How then, you mentioned sharing these resources with, um, you know, a a, a community for um, older adults. Um, How then do we get connected? Like, we we might know of a, a senior living community in our own neighborhood. How do we get these resources to that senior living community? You mentioned how it was a real blessing to your grandma and and those uh, around her where she was at that time. Now that COVID restrictions seem to be loosening, at least right now, uh, honestly, the easiest way is typically just go to that facility, ask for the director and say, can you use these resources? We can get them to you for free. And it's amazing how often just that one simple question is absolutely we will take whatever you can get us. Mm-hmm. There is such a demand for these materials. And again, most other organizations as far as we know, in the United States, we're the only organization doing large print for free. Mm. So when they're on tight budgets, having that ability to get these resources at no cost is a huge blessing for them. And they will take it every time. But all it needs is we just need people to go out there and ask the question. Mm. Okay, so now everyone's asking the question, <laughs> how do you produce all of that for free? Yeah. <laughs> so again... Three things. We rely certainly on God's blessings. We rely on our volunteers who do this work, as well as there is something called free matter shipping from the post office. Hmm. So we don't pay shipping costs on these materials. That's huge, huge help. And then we rely 100% on donations from individuals, from churches, and from foundations. So we don't sell this. We don't get any government support because it's Christian material. So we truly rely on the generosity of others to help Mm -hmm. fund this. Yeah. How do people request items now that they're interested. <laughs> yes. So the easiest way is go to our website, lbwloveworks.org. Um, 
and you can order off the website. If you need any type of quantity, we ask that you call our headquarters. Um, the number is on the website. You can order through Facebook. We get requests through the mail. Still, I, I kid around. I tell people we'll take smoke signals and Pony Express <laughs> even. Uh, but really, our website, phone number, and Facebook are the easiest ways to get a hold of us. That's fantastic. So you, you mentioned something when we were talking about volunteers uh, becoming a Braille transcriber. What Do you know what actually goes into... <laughs> sorry. A summer project. I know. I'm like super interested now. <laughs> what goes into actually becoming a Braille transcriber? Do so, you have to... I'm assuming you have to learn Braille. At some, you do at have some to level. visually learn Braille, yeah. um, and it's actually run by the by the National Federation of the, of the Blind in partnership with the Library of Congress. It's nice. about a 12 to 18 month program, depending on how much investment and time you put into it. But we actually will help people as they're going through the process. We'll help you. We'll provide you free materials that you can use, um, and and certainly we we love having people go through it. And it's it's something that not a lot of people are doing anymore. And there is just a desperate shortage of that, just in general, in the United States. Mm-hmm. And volunteering as well. Now, like, how do we find out if there's a, a way to volunteer in our community? It, it, you know, is there one nearby us, or can we start a, a way? A, you know. A, a center to volunteer? Of course. So on our website, again, lbwloveworks.org, there's a list of all of our centers. Mm. And if you don't have one near you, call our headquarters. We will walk through the process. And we actually have a video on our website about a center we just opened in Rivercliff, um, Rivercliff Lutheran in Georgia, um, where that we talk about how we walk through the process and we walk alongside any church who is interested. In the last six months, we've opened four new centers. Whoa. And so we, we certainly are always looking for more centers to open. That's awesome. So the website, lbwloveworks.org. The phone number, 1-800-925-6092. That is correct. All right, 1-800-925-6092 is the number to call for Lutheran Braille workers to learn more about the resources available to become a volunteer, learn about opportunities to serve with LBW. What's coming forth in this, this coming year? What are we looking forward to with the LBW? So one of the biggest projects we have and we're working on right now is we actually last summer had um, over 40,000 volumes of Spanish Braille ordered for Bible societies in Latin America. And so that is the number one project we're working on. And that's in addition to all of our individual and church orders we're working through. And of course, at the same time, we get an order for 100 Bibles for um, an African Bible society. And these orders just keep streaming in. So literally this summer, our focus is on just continuing to increase our production how to meet much, this demand. How much international work do you do? Uh, we we probably do close to in a normal year, again, normal year, <laughs> right. uh, probably close to eighty to 100,000 volumes of Braille and large print internationally. Whoa. And how many, you may have said this at the beginning and I, I can't remember, how many languages do you work in? So in Braille, we work in 12 and we work in five in large print. What are some of those languages? So uh, Amharic, Arabic. Mm-hmm. We do English, Spanish, Swahili, French, Greek, Russian, Latvian. Uh, we do a little bit of Hebrew, and that's just that's just a taste, yeah, of, of the work we do. French. That's awesome. Yes, that's, that's a that's a wide variety of languages too. It is. Yeah, it really is. Uh, in our history, we've worked in forty, so we actually have Whoa. materials we could actually expand into 22 more languages if we ever had that demand it's just amazing what is sorry did you have a question i was just <laughs> noting that sarah will probably become a certified braille um transcriber, was, transcriber in french this summer 
I'd have to learn French first, but yeah. <laughs> That might that might be on my uh, list of goals in my life now. <laughs> Fits in that list of multi potentialite goals. It does absolutely. <laughs> what's what's your favorite part about working with this organization? I mean, the, the, I, you can tell. I mean, us in studio, you can tell how much how much you enjoy this work. Uh, what a blessing it is. What what do you love about doing this work? Honestly, it it's the people we're serving because no one else is doing the work. We are bringing the light of Christ into the hands of people, and in many parts of the world they are actually hidden. If they are blind, they are considered a curse in the village or they're mm. taught that God's angry at them and they literally have no hope. And we're putting the hope of Christ into their hands. And when you meet recipients um, or when we get these just incredible thank you letters, what brought me to the ministry, the first letter I ever read, it was from a 13-year-old boy from India who wrote, I know when I read Jesus's name because I can feel his love travel up my arm into my heart. And I've actually even had people, I gave them a Braille scripture calendar. And we're the only organization in the United States who does scripture calendars in Braille and large print for free. And these two people got a Braille calendar and they were jumping up and down with joy over a calendar. And it's just when you see the joy in people's face of someone saying, I believe in you, I love you, I care for you, and we're doing this for you, it's it's a feeling I, I can't even describe. Wow. I was reading through some of the stories on your website as well, <laughs> and the the one of the, I think it was a letter from a son who came home and found his father Dan- who his father who's blind was dancing in the living room and they asked him <laughs> why and he said i've heard the gospel for many years but when i touched it with my fingers mm-hmm. it, it it just gave him such great hope that he was dancing with his cane in the living room i mean <laughs> yes. what a what a story I, I hadn't thought about that to be able to yes it's great to hear the word of god but to be able to t- like with you know, tactically, what's the word I'm looking for? Tactile. Tactile, yes. Yeah. Thank you. You're see, there. you can you see the it. word like written on my. <laughs> yes, yeah, to have that tactile sense of, of actually feeling the word of God with your yes. fingers. Wow. The Fascinating. Question, the question I ask audiences all the time, and I do, I've asked this of literally thousands of people. If you had to make a choice right now, you could either read the Bible for the rest of your life or only listen to it for the rest of your life. How many of you would? choose to only listen to it for the rest of your life. I've asked that of thousands of people. I've had two raise their hand. And I said, if you want to read the Bible, so do they. They just read it with their fingers or they need a larger print. That's the only difference. Mm -hmm. It's still reading the word of God for yourself and not relying on somebody else to provide that voice for you. Daniel Jenkins, Interim President, Lutheran Braille Workers. You can find out more at lbwloveworks.org. Daniel, thank you so much for being our guest on The Coffee Hour today and the great work you're doing. Yes, thank you for having me. It's always a joy. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm